Hello and welcome to our Africa Travel Week Connect Unlock Africa podcast, where we bring the news, views, tips and tricks from tourism experts and personalities, sometimes simply sharing a window on their world and Africa's tourism sector. Today we're chatting to Judy Kefagona from Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agenda Kenya. We will be discussing what visible impact the pandemic has had on sustainable tourism and what trends she is foreseeing in 2022 and beyond. Grab a cuppa and listen in. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for taking time out of your day to chat through what you do and sort of what you're foreseeing in the future of 2022 and beyond. Maybe you can start by just chatting to me a little bit about STTA, how you work and what you do that impacts and supports sustainability and tourism. Okay. Oh, interesting place to talk about. Um, mm. It's almost like when somebody tells you to talk about yourself and you're 50 years old and you are asking, shall I tell them what I've done the last five years? <laughs> what I've done all my life? <laughs> because it keeps changing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's how I see, I see STTA. Um, STTA uh, five years ago and STTA today um, is a very different uh, uh, baby. Okay. Same identity. Yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> identity, but a very, very different uh, baby. Now, when when we started or when I founded STTA, um, I was looking at filling a gap. I was looking at filling a knowledge gap in the space of uh, sustainable tourism. At first, my focus was on, on Kenya. Um, East Africa. And I thought that this thing is for uh, the entire of East Africa. I mm. did a search at that time and I was looking for um, what I call uh, ecosystem organizations, organizations that are supporting or work with tourism, but are not tourism operators and they're not public sector organizations, because that is how the traditional tourism infrastructure look like. Um, um, in Africa, you had your private sector organizations and they had their organization associations, they organize themselves. Then you have the public sector and its institutions that support tourism planning and uh, development. So I looked for other ecosystem organizations in the tourism industry in Africa and I didn't see, there were not many. When I started STG, I think it was very difficult to come across. I didn't, I didn't come across any other people call them um, civil society organizations in tourism. There were many in Europe. And, and one of my, my favorite ones had been tourism concern. And I'm, I'm, I feel so sad that they had to close shop because of funding. Yeah, it's, it's so unfortunate. But I, I, I followed tourism concern and I looked for similar organizations in Africa I didn't find. So SCTA, when I first conceptualized SCTA, I was looking to take tourism back to where the whole agenda of sustainable development started. And this is why the name is so deliberate, because I wanted to remind tourism that the whole sustainability agenda for tourism is found in Agenda 21 for Sustainable Travel and Tourism. So if you change your name around, it is Agenda for Sustainable Travel and Tourism, right? Very and it clever. was in real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So I wanted to start on that on that footing and on that foundation. So we were founded on that agenda. And if you look at that agenda, it was agenda for public sector and agenda for private sector. And how the two of them could work together, right, to transform tourism, to incorporate the values of, of sustainable development that were agreed upon in Rio um, in 1992. And, and so tourism had its uh, um, Agenda 21 for sustainable travel and tourism. So at first, when I started SCT, it was about um, having a voice. I remind a voice that was going to tell the tourism industry, listen, there is a, there is a basis, there, 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 there is a foundation for sustainable travel and tourism. It is called Agenda 21 for sustainable travel and tourism. This is what it highlights. This is where we should have started. We have moved forward, but we have left so many other things behind. So in the initial years of STTA, I just went from one, every place where I found out that there was a tourism meeting, I went and I spoke about sustainable travel and tourism. I just wanted to saturate the industry with this knowledge. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned whether they're going for to be certified, they're going to have a label or not, whether they're going to use it for marketing or not. I just knew that it was the best way to do tourism. There was there, there was a path that tourism needed to, to consider. And, and tourism needed to stop and think that um it's it cannot continue to grow without limits and without its own checks and balances. So yes, so we started off as a as a purely um, an awareness and knowledge um, organization, almost fashioned like um, um, a CSO, civil society organization. That was not so. I would get um, a few organizations that would say, "Okay, we will support you to go here and speak about this and speak about that." And but in between, um, I started getting some other works, and people will then pay for it. So the payment for it will, will support the awareness and knowledge programs. Then we started designing. So now that we know this industry, I've been to all these places and I know how the industry is structured. Now I know where the needs of the tour operators are, their hotels are, where the policy issues are and all those kind of things. And how can I create spaces, different spaces where these groups can engage for capacity building, but also just engage for knowledge exchange. So then we, we reorganized ourselves in 2016, three years after SCT was founded. We reorganized ourselves in 2016 and now registered ourselves as a consulting firm. And we then have this training program. So we purely, we still remain, and I always say SCT is a knowledge based organization that gathers the knowledge and shares the knowledge. Whether we share it through training, through consultancies, through workshops, through conferences, through publications, through whatever it is that we do, we are we are core about we are more about the right knowledge that the industry needs to get at whatever level, whether you're an SME, whether you're a community-based organization, we try as much as possible to have the right knowledge that we can share with you and create different spaces for sharing this knowledge. So these different spaces have, have evolved into programs. So you now you've got the space where we do training, you've got the space where we have the annual summit, Sustainable Tourism Africa Summit, 
You have this space where we do youth mentorship. You have this space where we work with medium, small, and micro um, enterprises. And we have this space where we try to just um, be advocates. So you find us very strong on Twitter and on, um, on LinkedIn. I'm probably stronger than the company account, but yeah. And we use all those spaces. So if, if you wanted to describe um, SCT, we will just describe ourselves as a tourism ecosystem organization that um, um, puts together, we gather knowledge and we share that knowledge with, with certainly, others. Uh, so the sustainable tourism has certainly grown, grown so much that um, yeah. I, I think you can't even turn left or right before you find, uh, you know, at any tourism organizations trying to figure out how they can be the most sustainable yes. they can in whatever they're yes. doing. Be it yes. that you're yes. trying to sell something, you you know, you're trying to figure out what's the best materials to be using and how you're influencing yes. or impacting the communities. I mean, there's so many different angles and and sort of like you call it, what do you call it, pockets um, mm-hmm. that are involved. And it's you know, it's it's become such a big thing. I can imagine that you're a very busy lady. <laughs> it has it has become so big, but um, uh, today there are many more organizations that mm. now have uh, um, are doing or working in the same space as mm. ourselves. Yeah. Even here in Kenya, I've seen several in Uganda, in Tanzania, in Malawi, in in DRC Congo, yeah, I believe sure. in South oh. Africa. There are several of them. So yeah. the last um, um, six or seven years has seen this tremendous uh, interest mm-hmm. and growth in the space of sustainable tourism. Yeah. Do you think that um, the extent to which Africa looks at sustainable tourism is different to the rest of the world? Do you think it's unique to Africa to the extent that we're actually using looking at sustainable tourism? Um, the, 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 there is uh, two significant uh, differences between Africa and the rest of the world. In Africa, sustainable tourism is private sector and civil society driven. It is not um, embraced at public policy level. It is not deeply embraced at public service level. Mm-hmm. So the public sector in Africa is not driving sustainable tourism. Unlike uh, Europe, where even at the EU level, yeah, for the tourism industry at EU level, there's sustainable tourism guidelines, right? At, at EU level. So there's, there's, uh, there's state and public driven sustainability in Europe. And it's, I think it's becoming very strong because of that. Um, in Africa, it is still seen by public sector as an option. And that means that even as much as we see the uptake there's only a small percentage of the um, private sector that is deeply involved. They're the same ones you find in conferences. They're the same ones you find with 10 different labels. They're the same ones yeah, who belong to these associations like Fairtrade Tourism or Ecotourism Kenya. They're exactly the same ones. So there's those ones who have um, um, that awareness and want to go deeper into it. But a large segment of the industry is just in it for the profit. So interesting. Do you think that we could grow into more of the model that places like the EU, do you think, you, do you see that sort of changing or do you think Africa will always be like that? No, it will change. But we need, we need the industry associations because the industry, private sector is organized in a particular way. 
And the way they are organized in Africa, they are organized to be the voice for the industry, um, um, uh, speaking with government, right? So if you come to Kenya and find the Kenya Association of Two Operators, or you find the Kenya Association of Travel Agents, or you find the National Federation, the Kenya Tourism Federation, they are the voice of the industry. And they speak very strongly to government about many things. For example, when government wants to increase uh, taxes, they are very vocal. They will sit through one uh, midnight lamps with economic experts and write papers and lobby government, lobby parliamentarian, make a presentation to parliament and get what they want. They are very strong and government knows because uh, it's, it's the way that uh, private public sector works everywhere in, in the world. That as an individual operator, you don't have a voice, but when you join a group, you can speak to government. So I'm always saying that um, uh, until that time when the, the tourism leadership yeah, will be deliberate, that they understand, they appreciate the value of sustainable tourism, and that it will affect business in future, they will present papers to parliament and say we want a national sustainable tourism policy. Mm. So that's Today, just time. You think it'll just take time for that? It will. It will take time. But I'm. I'm. I'm thinking that um, uh, it could turn up into a crisis before they act. It would end up being a crisis before they act. Let's talk about um, uh, COP26 and uh, the tourism commitments and the targets that um, uh, were made by tourism for the first time. There were targets for tourism industry that were laid out at COP26. Countries were supposed to pick up this and come up with their own, you know, interpret this. As, what does it mean for us to move towards net zero as destination Kenya? What are we going to do? And, and, and that is a process that countries would have done since last year as we go into COP27 uh, in this year. Now, I, I, I don't know how many... African countries have made declarations and commitments towards net zero, the big destinations in Africa. And what does that mean? That we're going to COP27 and somebody will stand up and say, Africa is not, <laughs> is not committed to climate. Yeah. yeah. And it, depending on who makes that statement, it could mean that a certain section of travelers will say we are not going. And that is what I mean by maybe it will take a crisis for the industry to act on some of the things that are core around. Climate is just one of the big ones around sustainability. There are all those other issues that we talk about, um, uh, inclusion and equity and diversity and all those kind of things that are very, very important. The rest of the world is being open about it. In, in, in the North, in the States now, you've got to declare um, ethnic diversity in your companies. You've got to say in tourism companies, how many black people work for your company? They are making it public, right? That's how, 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 how deep and serious it has become. When it becomes policy, it becomes very, very, very serious. So yeah, they, there is hope. Um, we will get there, but somebody needs to do it quicker. And so the organizations like ourselves are always lighting fire under their seats 
<laughs> you got to keep doing that. It's the only way is just to keep, you know, keep throwing yeah. it in their yeah. faces until one day they actually yeah. look. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but it is the way it is. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your sustainability self-assessment tool that you have on your website. What is it about? Now, the, the sustainability um, assessment tool is a tool that um, is supposed to enable businesses to do a basic, fast evaluation of whether they are anywhere on the path of sustainability. Now, when you take that um, uh, self-assessment, we are able to tell at what stage you are at in uh, sustainability, where you, whether, whether you are at the um, entry level, which means you've got to start right at your organizational values from your vision to your mission, to how you organize your, your business, or you are at a point where you have awareness and you're doing some things, and, but they're ad hoc. You are not able to put them together and say that you really, you can communicate that you are truly sustainable. So it is, it is, it is an opportunity for businesses to look at it or uh, send that information. Unfortunately, most businesses think that they will be exposing themselves. <laughs> so somebody says to us, so I wanna send, when I send you this information, I'm exposing myself and all that thing. You're exposing yourself to who? We are here because we want to help. And they say to me, and maybe you will use uh, my information as an example in, in some training. And I say, no, but I, if I use it, I will not mention your company. I will just say that we came across a company that um, was at this stage and uh, they are now moving and they're at a different, um, a different um, uh, stage. So, yeah, that is how we, the sustainability assessment tool is meant to help. When we complete it and we go through it, we will sit with you. And we will do, we have a, we have a checklist for um, evaluation that we use for that. And we'll be able to give you a report and discuss that report with you. And work with those companies on how to build better. And, mm. Yes. So when we have given you that report, we will give you also on how you can move to the next level. Mm -hmm. And when you are interested in moving to the next level, then we can put that plan into and start moving and working with you. Wonderful. Yeah. So we're trying to get a grasp on the predicted trends going forward um, within the various sectors of tourism. And over the last two years, there's been a huge impact, obviously, on the industry worldwide. Um, what changes have you seen in your line of work and what visible impact did the pandemic have on Africa and sustainability? Mm -hmm. um, the changes that have been observed, it's one of them that we have been talking about. And I will say there is a rush for sustainability knowledge. There is a visible rush since the pandemic. I think in Kenya, since 20, between 2020 and 2021 until now, more tourism companies have attended a sustainable tourism training than has been in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kenya has had a, wow. um, um, an ecotourism society for more than 20 years. Mm -hmm. There is... Um, a certification program for hotels that's been running for um, close to the same period, maybe 18 years or, or, or just about that. But the amount of the number of tourism companies that attended sustainability training or even attempted to be part of that program in those 20 years, compared to how many have come forth to attend sustainability training in the last two years, you can't compare. It's almost like 80%. 
That's more. incredible. So your message is definitely getting out there <laughs> one way or another. The, 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 the crisis had to happen. <laughs> I think the crisis had to happen. And then, and then out of the crisis, um, as, as a lot of companies attended uh, webinars and all this, they kept saying that a tourism will start on a sustainability note. Sustainability is the resilience tourism has been looking for. Through sustainability, you can build resilience. So everybody now is rushing. So there's a rush for sustainable tourism training, and that comes with a risk, which we have already started experiencing. There's a risk of greenwashing because um, some of these uh, companies are eager to give out labels because they are also taking their own targets and performance indicators. So um, I don't believe that a company that has never heard about sustainable tourism can attend a few training sessions on sustainable tourism and receive a sustainable tourism label in three months. Impossible. Impossible. When did you review your mission? When did you sit down to look at your values? When did you redesign your itineraries? Did you test them in the market? When did you have negotiations with your partners, right? To start telling them about your new values so that you changed all your contracts and started saying what you value most in your contract and all those kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick thing it's you can do. Is so I've, I've been saying that that, 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 that is a danger. There's mm -hmm. a rush for sustainable tourism training, but there's also a risk mm -hmm. of greenwashing that okay. is coming is coming along um, uh, with it. I always say that um, when you are certified, when you study medicine and you get certified as a doctor, when you study tourism and you get certified, you get your papers as a marketer, uh, you get your papers as whatever I feel that you are a, an expert in and you get certified. One of the ways that we know that you are truly a professional in that area is that you must understand the lingua of that industry. You must speak that language very boldly and you must understand all the intricacies around it. But when you, you get a sustainable tourism level, right? And I have a conversation with you and you have a level and I mention certain things in, in sustainable tourism and you ask me, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I start saying to myself, so how did you get? <laughs> and they probably can't even explain it with the right words. But I suppose the positive thing is that there is that amount of interest in it, be it oh, yes. right or wrong interest. Oh. And it's just about educating mm. around that so that, you know, the thorns between the bushes become roses too. Um, yes. Ultimately, the, the interest is there, which, which is better than no interest. So, yes, I, I don't do know what is what happening saying, in though. the rest of uh, Africa, but in Kenya, there is a rush for sustainability training. It's it's very, it's very very it's very big. I I mentioned that um, uh, uh, COP twenty six uh, was an eye opener, and I think this was done very differently. There were so many pre events that had been organized, webinars online. Um, by different countries, mainly by um, Scotland. They were very, very good. I am, I'm actually talking to them now to see if they can come and share with us at our next uh, conference in March, the Sustainable Tourism Africa Summit, how you build um, destination resilience through the 
what I call the responsible tourism lens because they look like they have transitioned as a destination marketing organization, but they have been, been in the forefront of, of promoting um, net zero for tourism in Scotland. You rarely hear destination marketing organizations in Africa go into that space yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're mm. talking about, like uh, Kenya Tourism Board um, has a, has, is organizing a webinar where they're talking about net zero and how that affects uh, Kenya as a destination. No, no, they just want to do marketing the old traditional where we are having our nice pictures. Our nice they'll pictures get a stamp. Are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but um, I like visit visit Scotland. I'm just using them as an example, just mm. to emphasize the point that there was there is a different awareness about climate and tourism. So it is one of the changes that is being observed, and because of the um, uh, promotions that happened, and also because, like I mentioned for the first time, um, tourism was able to present its ambitions at COP um, twenty six which was a very, very good thing. So I, I think that uh, that that trend should grow, but we need to nurture it, that countries will actually make a commitment. Kenya made um, uh, six, what I call statements, not commitments, right? Immediately after COP26, the Ministry of Tourism in Kenya came out with uh, seven statements that they said were responsive to the um, tourism commitments at COP26 that, oh, we will expand conservation areas. But but they made them without much reference because they, they came from the meeting today and the, the following day, they, which means somebody sat in an office somewhere and wrote these things. It should be an engagement process that is based on data to actually determine what you can and what your trends look like and all those kind of things. So I think there will be a lot of effort in this area and we probably will see a lot of civil society movement around the COP26 uh, commitment um, uh, for countries. I think another, another, another thing that uh, we are observing that has uh, come out of um, this pandemic and what is going to become a trend is what I call storytelling. Everywhere you look now, uh, marketing, conventional marketing in tourism is being challenged. And uh, they are being told you're dealing with a different traveler. You're dealing with a more conscious traveler. And uh, this, this traveler is interested in a little bit more. Um, people don't know how many times they'll be able to travel. You know, um, uh, we've got global warming. We've got um, viruses like uh, COVID. So you don't know what is the next one. So people are going to travel and wait right? Yeah. And they want to get meaning out of that one travel. Mm, absolutely. Probably they will travel for longer to safe places, mm-hmm. but they will also travel for longer to safe places that will make meaning for a long time. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and storytelling connects people with places. And that storytelling must also be told by people who are from that particular place. So I've seen a lot of um, um, experts in this field talking about um, storytelling is going to take over. And there's a lot of um, webinars and you see today around uh, storytelling in tourism as a medium for marketing and connecting um, and connecting with the, with the travelers. And I've also, say, I've, I've seen some few companies here in Kenya 
um, trying to talk around it. And we'll be talking around about it at the conference as well, because it is, it is an area of, um, of interest. Um, we, we talked earlier on about uh, uh, governments becoming responsive. I think there will be uh, no choice. Um, they have to become responsive, especially if they continue to receive the support that uh, they received from Kenya, for example, received support from the EU, from GIZ, from USAID to support tourism and conservation recovery plans during this pandemic. And I know that uh, those um, uh, that support comes with certain values behind the money. <laughs> so the values behind the money would have to be adopted because now I have seen that there's a recovery program for East Africa supported by GIZ. And uh, they're not just doing recovery for tourism businesses. They're focusing on tour operators mainly. But within that recovery program that has got um, marketing, you know, rethinking your market, working with the domestic market and all those kind of things um, in it, there are uh, elements and, and inclusion of sustainable tourism training in there. So because that support comes with um, money, yeah, uh, with values, the government will start being responsive about these values. So that's something we're going to see in the coming days. Well, let's hope. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I do want to quickly jump back to the associations you were speaking about, how um, they could be, for they're very much the voice that can help this sort of change um, really make an impact. Um, is there a way that you feel those in, are those associations able to potentially work together, for example, with yourself between countries? Do you already do that? Is there a way that the associations could sort of come to the forefront and sort of work together in order to make a, a larger impact quicker? Yeah, I, I, I think the associations can come to the forefront, but there, there a lot of associations are, are uh, held. I, I, I use this word and sometimes people don't like it. But I say there is a capture by those who have been there for a long time. And the ones who have been there for a long time and are afraid of change and are still leading these associations are afraid to let anyone talk to the associations. They are afraid of, 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 of disruption. They want to keep things in the status quo. But uh, ultimately, there is going to be a transition that has to has to come, and um, um, a program. I in our organization STT last year we developed what we were calling booster programs for associations, and in this we just wanted them to look at their programs afresh and and see that they can actually integrate um, issues of sustainability even in their members' charter. You know, they can you can say okay for you to be a member. You know what? Um, you cannot build a lodge if you're a member of this hotel association in Kenya. You cannot build a lodge in a disputed um, area of high biodiversity. Even if you get your license, because we know in some parts of Africa, correctly, you can get a license. So the license is not what you're going to tell, provided it is disputed and scientists have said it is disputed. If you put your lodge there, you will have violated the values of this association, right? If, 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 if you are found, if your company is found doing this, this and that, 
you would have violated our conservation values and respect for our life. If you treat communities in this way, you would have violated us and all those kind of things. So those very little things, as somebody is looking for me because I was meant to go into another meeting. The phone is ringing. Yeah, so I think I, I think the associations have an opportunity to transform tourism in Africa because of the power that they hold and this way that they hold with government and their members. If they are willing to make that change, they can make that change. Sustainable tourism has grabbed a lot of attention over the last couple of years, but as Judith says, it needs to be for the right reasons in order to have an impact. Sustainable tourism needs to remain top of mind, and the tourism industry should be ensuring that the message is reaching the top, where bigger change can really happen.